cable. You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwara Human Serviette Radio Show. That was Arthur Lee with I'll Be Following. You'll all be following. Arthur Lee and the Grassroots, a recently unearthed demo by the pre-love combo, the Grassroots. Roots, And I think that could be the theme for the next song I'm going to play, and then perhaps maybe for the interview that is coming up with Alex Capranos from Franz Ferdinand and from Wakefield, England, The Cribs. Today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Alex Capranos from Franz Ferdinand, who's in town recording Wakefield, England's The Cribs. But before I get to the interview with Alex and the Cribs, done at the Warehouse Studio in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, I wanted to play, I was kind of alluding to this just a second ago, something that is very, very, very exciting to me. The Arthur Lee demos were discovered by Norton Records. They were digging around and found a whole bunch of great Arthur Lee demos. Over the years in rock and roll, people have always looked for the legendary demos of certain bands. And one band in particular has always been sought out. Well, at least in my mind. And this band is the Mina Birds. This band was really interesting. They formed in the mid-60s in Toronto. In their ranks was a one Bruce Palmer, who later went on to the Buffalo Springfield, and also a one Rick James, who, of course, went on to, well, you know what Rick James super freaking MC hammering action happened later on in his life. So we had Bruce Palmer. We had a whole bunch of other guys. We had Rick James, who was living in Toronto at the time. I'm not sure if he was avoiding the draft. He might have been avoiding his mother. But he was in a band called The Sailors, wearing all sailors' outfits. And then he kind of morphed into this minor birdsing thing. This is just the legend I know. Again, I don't know much about it. I just know the legend of it. Now, also in the line, minor birds were, get this, Neil Young. So it was Neil Young on guitar, 
Rick James on vocals, Bruce Palmer on bass, and a whole bunch of other important guys, because they are very important, although I don't have their names in front of me at this very time. They recorded an entire LP for Motown. It was scrapped, and there were only legends about what these recordings actually sounded like. Rick James with... Neil Young. It's like the holy grail of Neil Young collecting to get a hold of one of these demos. The holy grail of Neil Young collecting also could be the Squires, his very first band out of Winnipeg. The Squires! And that single has gone for thousands and thousands of dollars on eBay. It's Aurora backed with the Sultan on the V record label from 1964-65. Again, mid-60s. Neil moved to Toronto, got involved in the folk scene, and enjoying the minor didn't do any gigs, I don't think. Maybe even, maybe just one or two and did this recording session. It was lost for years, or maybe Rick James didn't want it to come out, but now it has surfaced. So here we have Rick James singing, Neil Young on guitar. And what's interesting about this song, I'll Wait Forever, is the fact that you have the Toronto R&B sound of the 1960s meeting kind of like the folk West Coast sound of the 1960s. They're like the first band to ever do this. So like you're listening to like folk rock, but you're listening to R&B at the same time. Nothing ever happened with these demos. Maybe someday they will come out. But I'm very excited right now to play for you the Minor Birds featuring Neil Young and Rick James, and of course, Bruce Palmer as well. And what happened after the Minor Birds? Well, Neil went to California, and Rick went his separate way, and Bruce Palmer was in and out of the Buffalo Springfield and went back to Toronto, and now is sadly departed from this world. However, these demos live on. This is the Minor Birds All Wait Forever. Take one, and right after that, an interview with Alex Capranos from Franz Ferdinand and the Cribs from Wakefield, England. The Minor Birds! I'll wait forever, mix one.
It's Nardwar to Human Serviette here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the legendary Warehouse Studios. I'm right beside the board that recorded Nevermind the Bullocks by the Sex Pistols and Band on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings. And who are you? I'm Alex Kapranos of Franz Ferdinand. And what the hell are you doing here, Alex? I'm producing the Cribs from Wakefield, Northern England. Let's go and meet them. Who are you? I'm Gary from the Cribs. And Gary, who do you have beside you? Uh, Ryan from the Cribs and Ross from the Cribs. They're, they're both my brothers, and that's Alex from Franz Ferdinand. Now, I would like to know, Gary, what brought Franz Ferdinand and the Cribs together? Was it death? Did death bring Alex and the Cribs together? Yeah, we all died. Uh, that's what we've got in common. We're all dead. It's a, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. I thought it was Death Cab for Cutie that brought you all guys together. What's the connection oh, okay. between Death Cab for Cutie and the Cribs and Franz Ferdinand? That was quite a good one, but Death Cab for Cutie didn't actually bring us together. We, like, in fact, we didn't. We, I was going to say we played a show with him in England, but we didn't actually meet uh, Alex because uh, he said in his dressing room, I think he was scared of us asking him. But yeah, then we did the tour with uh, Death Cab for Cutie in uh, America and Canada with Franz Ferdinand. We uh, Death Cab lighters. We toured with Death Cab a long time ago in England and. Uh, I'm surprised that they remembered us, really. You know, it was, it was just weird. And then the, these guys were going on tour with them guys, and we did some shows with these in England. And, you know, I guess uh, they wanted us to go on tour together. Because <laughs> I just assumed that you all knew each other, but you actually met the Cribs on tour pretty much, didn't you, Alex? Yeah, we did. We toured North America together, uh, Canada as well. In fact, we played here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Now, aside from being a producer and causing pain, didn't you cause Ryan some pain? How did Alex from Franz Ferdinand cause Ryan some pain? Well, it was indirectly. It wasn't really my fault. It was really Ryan's fault. Keep, keep, telling, keep telling yourself that. Keep telling yourself that. Why did I cause you pain then, Ryan? Well, it's all his fault anyway because like, he's, um, you know, the one on award, but I guess uh, Alex were living it up somewhere around the world Australia. and like, yeah, in, it was in Australia, you know. Uh, this was the Enemy Awards. The story you've told many times, but I love hearing. So please, one more time, Ryan. I have told it like many times. Do you want me to show you the thing as well? Like, when we get to the high point of the story. Okay, get that camera ready. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So they didn't show. So uh, well, no, they were in Australia, touring, and uh, so they couldn't uh, get their award. And then somehow it ended up being awarded to, to us. So, I like I would kind of like you know we just gone to the awards just we didn't you know we weren't gonna win anything but uh, so I was kind of drunk and like I got on the table and fell over and like a big vase smashed and like it like stabbed him stabbed me in the back like uh, nearly killed me. Did you feel guilty about this, Alex? Um, you didn't accept the award, so the Cribs accepted the award, and then poor Crib gets hurt. He didn't accept the award or the responsibility. So. Now, let's see the scar, and it was pretty bad, because I heard when you reached back, you actually felt organs inside no, your body. I didn't feel the organs, but it's like my fingers kind of slipped inside, and like, which, like, it, you know, which kind of gave me a shock. It, like, it, like, um, it, it kind of felt like grabbing meat, basically, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, say if you, like, got a pack of meat and opened it and, like, grabbed it to put it in a pan or whatever. It kind of Let's see the scar, please. Now, could you explain, Ross? A little one there. Yeah, I'll explain. Uh, that's a scar from uh, stupid behaviour, and, you know, he's, he's got a... He's got a mark to show for it now, I guess. Now, the stupid behavior was at a fairly important award show. Let's put a background yeah. here. This isn't just like a night on the town. This is an important award show, isn't it? The thing was, you know, I mean, I don't really like award shows all much anyway, and we'd, we'd only been there about an hour. I mean, I, I accompanied Ryder to the hospital the first. He went to the hospital twice. I went the first time. I didn't bother going back. Just he gave me a convenient excuse to get out of it. Plus, I don't know, I'm not naming any names, but someone played a really embarrassing bad song and I'm glad I wasn't there at that point as well so Ry got me out of a lot of hassle while putting himself through a lot of hassle yeah and it's amazing it's all caused by Alex from Friends Ferdinand that's right now Alex being the producer do you tease the cribs or should I say, does Alex tease the Cribs? Uh, no, well, I think we tease him a little bit more than what he sees. How do you tease Alex? How do you get Alex? I don't. I'm, I haven't been teasing anyone really, I, and, and no one's been teasing me lately. So, <laughs> I, 
like, I don't know, and someone else can answer. I think Alex is a very stern but fair producer. Mm. Uh, only he's, he's a good producer. I guess what I was wondering, Alex, is I heard that Elton John teased Andy from Franz Ferdinand about his keyboard playing. Ah, he may have done, yeah. Like yeah, Elton yeah. John, is that true? Elton John teasing Andy from Franz Ferdinand? I, I, yeah, we went, we played in Las Vegas, and uh, Elton John came down to the show. I didn't see him teasing Andy, Andy, but uh, maybe he did. You should have, you should have popped him one for, <laughs> for that. Yeah, what would happen if Elton John teased the Cribs? What would happen if Elton John teased the Cribs? I've heard Elton John's pretty tidy, actually. I think he can look after himself. If Elton John teased me, I'd just laugh my ass off. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't. I, I, yeah, I just ring my mum up and say, you'll never guess who's teasing me at minute. Elton John, you know what I mean? Like, my life has hit a new level of excitement, basically. <laughs> or rock bottom. <laughs> I'd, I'd tease him for being called Reg. Yeah, his real name is actually Reg something, you know what I mean? You mouth the word I was about to say then, which is so weird, but he's like, he's, uh, his real name is Reg something, so... Dwight. Dwight? I'm sure it's Dwight, yeah. Reg Dwight. Reg Dwight. Well, you... you yeah. You know. And he's married to a Canadian too. Some Canadian content. Uh, John is married to a Canadian, David Furnish. Is he? Yeah, some Canadian connections. And here we are at the Warehouse Studio, which is pretty amazing. Now, Alex, you're a food critic. You've also written books about food and stuff. What's the connection between rock and roll and the warehouse here? Why did you choose the warehouse for the cribs? <laughs> Do you want the real reason? <laughs> Maybe Gary, you should explain. I don't, I don't want to give the real reason. Like. Uh, the real reason is, is, is far too dark, but there, there are many good reasons to come to Vancouver. It's a city we like hanging about in, and it's a great studio. We've got a fantastic desk, and well, it's like being here. But come on, the connection between the warehouse and food, of course. Eat food in the warehouse. And who owns the warehouse? Brian Adams. And where does Brian Adams yeah. wash dishes? Oh, Brian Adams was the dishwasher. Maybe you should explain that. The Tomahawk restaurant. Home of the Skookum Chief. The Skookum Chief hamburger in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So I had hoped that's why you chose the warehouse. You were yeah. surfing the net and you found out Skookum <laughs> Chiefs equal warehouse. I was on uh, the YouTube message board for MySpace. Users uh, worldwide. And uh, somehow it, that linked me onto the Tomahawk's website. And, uh, yeah, we were just like, we need a studio near the, the tomahawk, really, because to satisfy my meat lust. <laughs> is this place haunted with Brian Adams? <laughs> is this place haunted with Brian Adams, Ross? Uh, I've heard some pretty haunting stories about Brian Adams in being in here, but I can't really go into any details. This is like the studio's haunted by something, though, you know what I mean? As a sceptical person, I will still... Uh, you said that I, I, I reckon there's something going on in this studio. It's haunted by uh, something that uh, we have no idea about. <clears throat> haunted by dreams of you. <laughs> thinking of you and thinking of Alex. Alex, you love... Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Gary, Gary, Gary. And thinking of Alex. Alex, you love... Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Gary, Gary, Gary. Alex, producer of The Cribs, you love Vancouver, don't you? I do, that's right. And it means something special to Franz Ferdinand. Is it true the first time you were flashed boobs was in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? I think that may well be the case, yeah. And that was Andy from your band got some boobs flashed, and that happened in Vancouver? Could you explain about the boob flashing and the connection to want to come back to Vancouver? <laughs> Again, you have to ask Andy. I must say I've never had any boobs fa flashed at me personally, but uh, uh, Andy... on that? Sure. I don't think so. No, I think I must have been another. Yes, it was when you played in Vancouver, the Pacific Coliseum. Andy got flashed. Do you yeah. remember anything about that? I remember Andy talked about it a lot afterwards. Yeah, I remember. Him, I remember hearing about it. Andy is like the keyboard fifth member of Franz Ferdinand. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he was bragging how he got to see boobs for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from the stage. Wow. Of course, that happens every night with the Cribs, right? Uh, I, I can't say as it does, actually. No, we are loving really endorse that sort of behavior, but, you know. The Canadian content, though, for the Cribs, people may have heard you before on a Telus commercial. Yeah, and, uh, well, he's been working on this line all week, <laughs> so let him say it. Let me put it this way. I wish the publishing company would tell us when they're thinking about spending, a, you know, letting our music out, so... Baboom, he had no idea. <laughs> Baboom, man. 
No, we we had no idea. Like, our, like, it, like, we, so, like um, we only knew about when we first, when we were on tour with these guys, and we were like, we, I was laid, it was so weird. I was laid in the bath, and I heard one of our songs come on, and, I, and like, then I heard like deathly silence from like the from the living room, and I was like, what would you, what like? So I had to ask like, what was that? And like, I was like. One of his songs has just been on a commercial, and was it like, you know, right, I'm getting out of the bath now and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. So. I'll, I'll at least try and find out if Where we got paid for that. Cause, uh, but Canada knows the Cribs through Telus. Uh, yeah. And also touring with friends. Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Alex, friends Ferdinand. I was surprised. You actually saw Canadian band Huevos Rancheros in Scotland? Yeah, I did. I saw them about 10 years ago. They, they came over and played in Edinburgh in the Kazrock Cafe. Are they on Mint Records? Yes, they are. And that's what I find is so amazing is you guys are totally down. And you know, like you're wearing a K Records t-shirt right now. I am. And yeah. Alex knows Huevos Rancheros. I, I don't know them, but I went to see them. But still, there's a lot. But still, you went to see them without knowing them. That's amazing. A lot of people won't do that. Tri- and well. there's a lot of bands from England that know nothing about the indie Canadian scene or American there's scene. It's amazing that you guys actually know something. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of band. ignorant yeah. bands in England, you know. <laughs> like a lot of Engl- a lot of bands in England at the minute, are, like, uh, are, are definitely like have tailored themselves towards the mainstream. So indeed, why would they know about the Canadian indie rock scene? They probably have no interest in it, and absolutely, like, you know. Uh, probably just they know nothing of music outside of like the top forty. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Both Franz Ferdinand and the Cribs have had run-ins with the Gallagher brothers. Have we? Yes, I think Liam Gallagher called Franz Ferdinand right said Fred. Uh, something like that, yeah, yeah. Now, what did Oasis, the Gallagher, say about the Cribs? Well, I don't fully remember. I only heard it on the grapevine. Do you know? If you know about it, no, I'd like I, to know. I read, I heard it, someone told me that they were on the radio, like, slagging us off, but I reckon the real reason is because they, when they did their comeback show, uh, the enemy said something like, oh, they were really good tonight, but they weren't as good as the Cribs. So I kind of figured that they were probably dislike us after that moment anyway. But I think, uh, yeah, I think they're very sensitive boys, the Gallicas, you know, like, anything goes against them, they get a wee bit upset, you know. But didn't they say something like the Cribs don't have enough chords? Yeah, they don't play cards in the music, you know what I mean? Like, so. Which is a ringing endorsement, for instance, saying that Franz Ferdinand are like, right said Fred, and the Cribs don't have enough chords, I mean, to me, that's awesome! Yeah, we don't really like cards anyway, you know, like... Uh, it's funny, though, I, th- I think if uh, Liam Gallagher said he liked your band, you'd probably know it's time to pack it in. Yeah, because he know they were quite workmanlike music you make, you know, meat and two potato. Uh, I think it's going to be more harsh words spoken from the Gallagher's to both these bands now, so... Yeah. Alex, Kanye West, have you ever met him? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, I did meet him once, yeah, yeah. And what happened? Uh, he, he, it was fine, yeah, 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 it was, it was good. He liked Take Me Out, right, wasn't it? And he wanted to work with you or something? Uh, yeah, I think he liked that tune a lot, yeah. Now, the Cribs have also had an encounter with Kanye West. <laughs> Funny How did that differ than, from Alex's encounter with Kanye West? What's the difference between Franz Ferdinand meeting Kanye West and the Cribs meeting Kanye West? I think there was a little more intimidation like when we met Kanye West. But, uh, but I think that that was like... Because uh, we played a show with him, and I think that... Um, the, I, I, I don't know how this happened at all. I, I honestly don't know how this happened. We were playing with him at the Paddy so in Amsterdam. And uh, somehow they were supporting us uh, at this venue, which is so... I don't know. Maybe the ven- maybe like the promoter, in his ignorance, had thought that because we were called the, the Cribs, we were some kind of, you know, gangster rock <laughs> outfit. You know what I mean? Like, Let's I, go back for a second. It's the Cribs headlining over... Uh, Kanye West. Now, what did you think about that when you heard about that, Ross? I didn't know what can well what or who was Kanye West anyway. You know I mean, so I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was we were banned. calling him Kane West all night, so he thought that maybe the the promoter had spelled his name wrong. We thought he was probably called Kane West rather than Kanye, and we just saw it. And like um, there were a lot of people in to see his gig after that that obviously had been to see Kanye West, and accidentally on stage we kind of said that he would like that what we'd watched of his show was com- totally rubbish. You know what I mean? And like uh, it was a little bit. Uh, Indulgent for artists, and like mm-hmm. we, he just managed to somehow air those views on stage, <laughs> which in hindsight wasn't the best idea. Seeing as how I th- 
He was kind of running the security racket downstairs, downstairs, like backstage and that. But I still managed to steal a bottle of champagne out of his dressing room, even after all that, you know what I mean? So, so there are no repercussions at all? You can diss Kanye West on stage and not get in trouble? Well, I guess they had bigger fish to fry, yeah. There were, there were a few bad vibes, you know, like... Uh, but we're from, we're from West, so, wasn't he? We're yeah, from West Yorkshire, you know. Uh, you, they don't mess. You also, you also toured with Kate Moss. Did you guys tour with Kate Moss? Uh, I don't think so, no. I ain't had that one. I ain't had that one yet. I thought you went on tour with Kate Moss. I know, some weird things have happened uh, well, well, in the past. What, what, what do you mean? Like, baby shambles or something? We, we did some... With the Libertines. Oh, Has Kate Moss stalked the Cribs? No, no, she hasn't. Like, we, <laughs> we've done shows with Libertines, yeah, but like that were pre-Kate Moss. Uh, there's been, like... I mean, I, I don't know why. It just seems like some people don't really we, understand. We aren't hard to care. No, there's been... Okay, like, which crib does she like the most? I, I which no crib idea. does Kate Moss like the most? I have no idea. This is all news to my ears. Now, from your experiences of meeting Kate Moss, and we know you've met her many times, Alex, right? I've met her once. Which crib would Kate Moss like the most after you doing all this recording here and being with the cribs all this time in Vancouver? I think she'd probably like all of them. Ah, very diplomatic, very diplomatic. We had like fashion. We had a fashion designer who liked us for a while. I don't, I don't understand none of that really. Cribs, I understand you partied on Snoop Dogg's bus, or you inherited it. What the hell was going on there? I don't know. He went there. Like for some, uh, we'd hired a bus in America, and somehow uh, with the bus that we'd wanted hadn't been available, so we had Snoop Doggy Dogs bus or something. This, that, I don't know how that happened, but uh, it was kind of weird. So. What did it smell like? <laughs> it smelled like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I don't know. What does Snoop Dogg smell like, Ross? No. <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog and the Cribs together, on a bus together. kind of smell like wet dog. No, but uh, Snoop Dogg smokes a pound of weed a day, which is 16 ounces, which is uh, which is uh, a titanic amount of weed. But no, the bus smells fresh. A lie. Frankly, a lie. <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But like, uh, I don't know. It would. It, you wouldn't have much time to do anything else with your day. I wouldn't have thought. And indeed, after you'd smoked it, you probably wouldn't want to do anything else with the rest of your day. But like. Still, uh, well, yeah. Sounds like a bit of a setup, doesn't it? Here, ride this bus that Snoop was in and then go across a few borders. Yeah, yeah. Help smuggle some stuff. Maybe be the mule, yeah. We were, we were Snoop's mule and you heard it here first with Nadra, the human servier. And Alex from Friends? Ferdinand. All here live, recording with the cri- Cribs. Did you once cancel a tour because you didn't like the tour bus? No. I heard that you cancelled the tour because you didn't like the right. tour bus. The most we've ever done is cancel two yeah. shows, and it's because I couldn't sing. Like, but that year we did. Because like, you didn't like sharing a tour bus. During that year we did 200 shows, so that's only. Oh, okay. When did you hear that? I heard you didn't want to share a tour bus, so you cancelled the tour. That's what happened. The other band didn't want to share the What band? Who are it now? It was... uh, Uh, I don't know. Friends of ours. No, it was an American band. We were supposed to start America with a band, and I can't remember what they were called now. But they... um, uh, But the real one, we had to share a tour bus, so we were like, all right, we'll do it. That's fair enough. And like... They were, and then they must have like Googled us or something. They were like, "We're not sharing a towel with those guys." In retrospect, I'm kind of glad anyway. You know, I, I don't want to share a bus with like a band who's going to be like really uptight. And I mean, I, I, you I, only share it with your brothers. Yeah, we, we fellas. Yeah, yeah, we fellas. Because you were the cribs from Wakefield, England. Now I have a quote here about Wakefield and it goes as follows I went to Wakefield once it was closed well yeah it's true I, I've seen it closed a few times it's one of the only cities in the UK uh, that gets closed down especially during major sporting events they close down the town centre no traffic is allowed in or out so the only thing, Wakefield, the only thing Wakefield's open for is homophobia and casual racism I think why did he shut it down? <laughs> because uh, For sporting it, events. But, well, because it gets too bad. I, I, I like. 
there one time during um, there was some kind of uh, uh, I think it was like you know some kind of footballing event, and I, I was walking through town and I had my headphones on, so and all of a sudden I was aware that there was something wrong. I took my headphones off and it's like a guy stood on top of a bus stop chucking bricks at anyone that's walking past. So like and Ross Ross were, Ross got like attacked by a forty-year-old guy when he was sixteen during a football event. We were off to go to band practice. It's just not a very it's kind of backwards, you know? It's like, it's not a very... Aren't there a lot of prisons there, too? There's, there's one prison, like, with one of Britain's, uh, you know, must head well, murderers got, in it. Like, got, so. uh, Peter Sutcliffe in there. <laughs> Peter Sutcliffe, yeah. Ian, what's he? Ian, what's he, Huntley. Ian Huntley. All the weirdos. Um, All the weirdos. Charles Bronson's in there. You know, have you heard of Charles Bronson? But one uh, day, like, we had, like, uh, like one day, I, like, my, my house used to be right next to the prison, and one night we'd had a party, and I got up the next morning and bought a newspaper, and it said that that night, uh, no, that morning, someone had been found in Wakefield Prison. The cellmate had killed him, cut the top of the head off, and were eating the, uh, the brain with a spoon. And that had happened while we were having a party, literally, like, a hundred meters away, you know. That that had happened. Some guy had eaten some other guy's brain with a spoon. We had Doctor Harold Doctor Harold Shipman in there as well. Did you hear about Doctor Harold Shipman? He's like the biggest what? mass murderer of all time. The Doctor of Doom or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the media branded him, but he was something like that. And could he any must of, have heard of Harold Shipman, bearded chap, like glasses. It rings a bell, but I was just saying, can they listen to the cribs? Like. Is there a prison radio? Could they be listening to the we, Cribs? We recorded de- Could they be influenced by the Cribs? We recorded <laughs> demos from, like... We recorded demos, like, literally feet away from where they are. Maybe... You just got to hope we're not influenced by them, Nardwar. You know, that's the, that's the thing that you want to worry about. Now, I am Nardwar, the human serviette. You are the Cribs. We also have Alex and Franz Ferdinand, producer of the Cribs. Now, I'm Nardwar, the human serviette. Now, I'm pretty excited. Did you guys once work in a serviette factory? <laughs> Ah, yes, we did. A serviette factory. How did you? How do you know that? I just can't. I can't. Well, we were okay. True story, and I'm not sensationalising this. Well, Be- what is sensational about it? To be honest, well, you're not yeah, going to ever not, think it's that it's sensational. Between the three of us, there was a period in between maybe 2001 and 2002 where the three of us were the only people. Are the, are we were the main manufacturers of serviettes in England, the and three of us. Also, like if, if we go to a restaurant and we see serviettes, we can taste the, the paper, the napkin paper, and say what quality it is and what part of the world it's from. It's true. That <laughs> is honestly true. It's three honest. dudes made all the serviettes no, in England. Because um, in England, uh, people don't manufacture serviettes it's all done in eastern europe because it's a lot cheaper and uh we had i think we had the only machine in england and we were the only people qualified to be running it and between us we were the only people making napkins in england so serviettes so now serviettes. i've uh, seen the process starting with uh, you know i've seen the process of how you actually make a serviette the question it begs the question how did you actually become the human serviette because in canada we call them serviettes but in the states they call them Napkins? Huh? Yes, you get it. So Nardwar to human serviette. Why? Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. I still don't. Really. In the states, they don't call them serviettes. They call them napkins. Right. So when you go to the states and ask for a serviette, they say, "Sorry, mate, we only do napkins." <laughs> exactly, and they get all confused. Right. So it's Nardwar to human serviette. I'm just honoured to be oh, beside the okay. three dudes that right. created the serviette in England. We were the serviette. So are they still out there? Are fans of the cribs still able to go out there and buy some serviettes I, and lick them and think that you made them? I'd definitely say there's probably a few thousand. Uh, no, there'll be some orange forty by forty three-ply ones around, because they didn't sell at all. There'll definitely be some orange ones around, right? Now, your family, you're all brothers. Your mom, was she in a band in the 60s or something? Yeah, well, not, you know, not a... You know, it was kind of just like a, a leisure thing where, where she'd just, like, do some gigs down the local pub or something like that, but, uh, you know, certainly not a... Uh, not a you know a, a successful band or anything like that. So. Stop, stop slagging it off, man. I have a bit of respect for your mother. Can you tell that these three are brothers, Alex? After working with them, yeah. How can you tell that they're brothers? <laughs> because they look really similar. But anything else? Are there any traits? Can you tell them apart? 
Uh, they don't speak in the same way. They've all got they're kind of similar voices as well when they sing, although we've not really heard Ross sing yet, but uh, they definitely perform in a similar way. The last time the Cribs were in the studio, you had Paul Cook wander in. Yeah, we did. Paul, Paul Cook, Cook from the Paul Sex Pistols. Who recorded on that bar through there? Right here at the warehouse. In Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Yes, and I find it really interesting that you guys have been out on the town and you are now on an Immaculate Machine record. That is true. How did that come about? You're just wandering around Vancouver, next thing you're seeing backups on Immaculate Machine. Well, we were with you. You were driving us around. We went for a Skookum Chief, and then uh, we went to go look at Yard Organ. Uh, aye, aye. We went to go look at both Yard Organs. Aye, aye. Uh, like the small one and the big one. Aye, aye. I still have two. Tom Green only has one. It's all getting a bit Benny Early, is this? But then... Uh, and... Yeah, they were in the studio at the time recording. Uh, and you just walked in. Are there going to be any other special guests on this Cribs record at all? I mean, you had Paul Cook at the Sex Pistols in your last one. He, How about on this record? He didn't guest on it, though. He just, he just hung around and tried to steal cigarettes off me. But, yeah. like, uh, uh, there'll you, be some guests on it. Well, you'd think a guy that got paid £1 million for, the, for each gig he did when the Sex Pistols reformed back in 97 would, uh, would not need to steal cigarettes off, uh, off the cribs. Like. You guys love the Sex Pistols so much. What did you do, Ross? What is the connection between the Sex Pistols and the Cribs for your upcoming record? Uh, oh, we're on the. Uh, we're, we're using the same mixing desk as what. Uh, no, Nevermind no, no, no. <laughs> the guy that did the artwork for Nevermind the, uh, the Bollocks is doing the artwork for our record. Jamie Reed. Jamie Reed. And he's put out some designs for your approval. Uh, what will the album look like, designed by the Sex Pistols in, artwork? In, in his mind, in his mind, it'd be crudely sexual, but um, not in my mind. It, it, it basically involved the classic schoolboy drawing of a penis, did the, uh, the, the... And what looked like a lemon next yeah. to it, so... Alex, in Vancouver, producing The Cribs, you ventured to Brazil, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. With Franz Ferdinand, and Don Letts came along. Oh, that's right, he was making a documentary about... Who is Don Letts? Don Letts is a legendary filmmaker. He used to be a DJ. He used to hang about with The Clash back in the 70s. And, uh, John Lydon. And John, yeah, and John Lydon as well. And he was uh, in Big Audio Dynamite. That's right. Uh, and uh, he's made a few documentaries about uh, punk and uh, came with us to make a documentary about Franz Ferdinand. And what exactly does he look like? Well, he's got very long dreadlocks. When was the last time he cut his dreads? That's what I was curious about, Alex. I think it was, I asked him, and he said about 35 years ago. Now, looking at Alex, how long do you think it's been since Alex cut his hair? Uh, 20-something minutes, maybe. <laughs> no, he's getting an haircut, though, soon, aren't you? Started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the hair falling out from the pressure of working with the cribs? <laughs> it's doing okay. The, the opposite effect is yeah, growing yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just sprouting every day with all the inspiration. Now, Alex, when you were in Brazil, you were playing with U2, weren't you? We, the first time we went, we did. But Yeah, that's right. First time we went, uh, we did a couple of shows with them and a few shows by ourselves. Is there any U2 influence, do you no. think, on this new um, record? I, I, so, I hope to God not, to be honest. <laughs> Now, with you two, I heard a rumour that they have a keyboard player hiding underneath the stage. Is this true, Alex? I've heard that rumour as well, but uh, I didn't see him. Well, you wouldn't see him. He's under the stage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, to get, to get on the stage, you have to go underneath the stage and they have loads of gear and stuff downstairs. But there were sections that we weren't allowed into. And there is, like, a little changing room bit as well underneath the stage where Bono gets his new sets of togs on for bullet in a blue sky or whatever. Well, that's where he is then, basically. The keyboard players hanging about in these rooms. We are a shadow of a down. And we're joking about these gigs, but they were big, weren't they? I want them, eh? I know, but they were big, weren't they? Uh, I don't know. I want that. They were big, weren't they, Alex? Yeah, they were quite big, yeah. I love to be able to learn stuff from Alex. What have you learned from Alex? What have you learned from Alex? Uh, I've learned about Don Lett's hair being 30 years old. Incredible. We, uh, we've learnt that, uh, you know, it, like, it, it, I don't even know what we've learnt about, like, something. What if the Cribs taught you, Alex, as a producer? Um, I don't know, I'm learning all the time. <laughs> yeah. Early on. 
Cribs, there's a rumor going around that the White Stripes, when they recorded at Toe Rag Studios, a vintage place, maybe didn't use all the vintage recording material. Is that true? Well, we used all the vintage recording material when we were there. Um, like, what is Torag Studios versus the warehouse? Let's do a little Torag comparison here. Torag Studios is about the size of... Um, it's very small. Maybe it's about the size of that room through there. Yeah, so. maybe. Maybe it's about the size of that room, but you have the control room in there too. It's it's really great place. You know, I, I love it there. It's, it uses all, like, old gear from EMI, like Abbey Road Studios and stuff like that. Um, we made a, the first record there. I can understand why people might say that about the White Stripes, seeing as how that record got played a lot. And um, the convenient excuse about our first record was that it was too lo-fi for radio. So um, if you were recording the same place, then surely that's one rule for... And the reputation of Torag is no digital equipment, like oh, completely the, analog, right? The, the nothing nothing past the, and the late 60s, the apparently. They have a digital phone. They have a... An old analog phone with the dial, so that's, it's good. I like it there. What is Nevermind the Buzzcocks? Uh, it's a TV program back in the UK on BBC. Really on that desk through there. No, that's Nevermind the Bollocks. Nevermind the Buzzcocks is uh, yeah, it's a, just a, a TV show of music-based trivia with you know the cream of the current yeah, with celebrity <laughs> guests from the cream of the music world. All the way to. Um, on, um, you, well, I, Ryan of yeah. the Cribs. Yeah, I did it. I think I think I was possibly their most famous guest thus far, like in the series. You know, uh, uh, I think that, yeah, you did it once before, that, didn't you, Alex? No, I've never done it. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I'll just try and. Yeah, Edwin uh, Collins did it. Yeah. Edwin Collins. I'm only lying anyway. Edwin Collins did it, and he advised Ryan against it, like passionately. Why and that? like a couple of months later. I get the offer. Yeah, all right, whatever. It was, it, it was kind of good fun, that. I quite enjoyed it. it you got very good reviews, Ryan. This is a review of Ryan from the Cribs on the legendary TV show Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Ryan's down-to-earth manner and Wakefield draw are quite endearing. Well, you know, I'm not going to deny that. He shows none of the misplaced swaggering of some of his contemporaries. Too fucking right. And comes across on screen as likable and funny. Oh, well, you know what I mean? At least we're giving your viewers what they want, then likable and funny. I hope I'm living up to such a... You know, such a uh, great review by some anonymous person on the internet. Who may or may not be my mother. But it sounds like a really nice review, though. It does sound like a nice review. It is a nice review. I find it flattering. Now, what about Ryan and Pissin? Didn't Ryan piss in Japan? Probably, yeah. We were there for like a week, so I guess he did. Where did you piss in Japan? I don't know. I have no idea. It's like, I, I, like... Oh, this isn't, this isn't about... The inflatable dog, is it? No, man, no, no. Inflatable dog? But there was this one thing, like, someone posted something about something on the internet which got, which people asked Rai about that apparently he pissed on an inflatable dog, which never, ever yeah, happened. Really, I mean, why would he do that? Why really would anyone do that? Rounds, like, I read all these things on the internet saying, I was there backstage when you pissed on an inflatable dog, and then there were all these replies saying, yeah, I was there too, and then like, this other person saying, yeah, no, I was there when that happened. do that? Is, well, that never even happened. You know it, didn't it? Sounds like it would be fun to piss on an inflatable dog. Like, I know for a fact I didn't do it. I remember like things like that, and I know that I didn't do it, and you know I didn't do I, it. I know you didn't do it. But what about in Japan? I heard they closed down washrooms just so you could All take right. a piss. Yeah. Like, they loved you so much. When Ryan from the Cribs has got to take a piss, clear the way. No, we had a policeman stood on the door, and, like, he, he like, he, he, he didn't kick anyone out, but he went inside and gone and, like, closed down the, the, the bathroom for me. But, I mean, you know, that's a, that's kind of... Uh, I think that's definitely overkill, you know what I mean? I think that's uh, definitely overkill. Alex, has a policeman ever escorted you to a bathroom? Uh, not that I can remember. Or yeah. has a policeman ever arrested you in a bathroom? <laughs> Definitely not, no. You knew where that one was going, didn't you? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, escorted you from a bathroom, you know what I mean? I thought that that's maybe where it was going, but you're like, yeah, being arrested in a bathroom, that can't be too nice. Now, what about Hollywood parties, Cribs? Getting bloody at Hollywood parties. What bloodiness did you get at what Hollywood party? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I know that, I, it, could it does ring a bell, actually. We, I don't know. We did some, like, hipster 
parties like one time in Hollywood. I, I guess maybe they got bloody, um, bloody ridiculous, maybe. But um, maybe that's it. I, we've been. I, I guess we've been involved in stuff like that against as well. <laughs> Cribs, Franz Ferdinand. What the hell happened at the Mint Records Christmas party? Uh, you'd be the one to tell us that, Nod. Well, what did happen? Check, check YouTube, then you'll know what happened. What happened with the Mint Christmas party? Uh, well, what, I don't know. I'm not going to say what it was, but what it was is legendary. We had Alex and Franz Ferdinand on stage singing Take Me Out wearing a tomahawk barbecue toque. That's correct, yes. Yeah. And there was a quote afterwards from Alex saying, I am leaving Franz Ferdinand to become a guitar tech for the evaporators. Yeah, but you're going to have to wait till I finish producing the crib, so... To verify that. Yeah. What did you think of that whole scene in Vancouver? Like, when you guys showed up there, you didn't actually think it was a gig, did you? Uh, no, it, it reminded me of stuff I, I used to go to in Glasgow. Uh, Stuart Murdoch from... Bell and Sebastian used to work as a janitor in a church hall and he used to do gigs in the church hall where he worked and it felt really like one of those it certainly had a lot more personality than the mass majority of gigs you get in the UK which is just in like you know just some dirty like indie rock night you know what I mean something like the Mint Records party was definitely a lot better. Were you guys freaked out though? Because here you are walking through Vancouver and it was like a residential neighborhood and then you walk in. Didn't you guys think it was a house or something yeah, like that? I just thought it was a house party that we'd gone to. Like, oh, nice. I, I, I was quite pleased about that. You know what I mean? I thought it'd be kind of nice to see a house party but then watching this really nice like it looked like a school assembly hall or something, so it, I don't know. Yeah, I quite liked it there. Now, in a great Spinal Tap moment, Gary was not present on stage. Where was Gary? Uh, like any real man, I was hiding behind my girlfriend, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, was part, I was trying to point him out, see, though. I could see him. I was, like, I was trying to point him out, but uh, he, never got, he never got caught. So it was the Cribs, the Evaporators, and Franz Ferdinand up on stage. Who else have you jammed with? Um, in past, who else have you jammed with? Bobby Khan joined us yeah, for a show. Bobby Khan joined us for a show one time. That was fun. Uh, it's kind of a it's, people always like do stuff like that, you know. I did one show in the Libertines once. I suppose. Yeah, you, you, play, you played with hidden cameras for a little while. Oh, yeah, I used to in the You played with hidden cameras. Yeah, Canadian band, very, very good band, one of my favourites. And how about you, Alex? Who else have you jammed with? Now that you jammed with the Cribs and the Evaporators, who else have you jammed with? Um, don't know. Uh, also jammed with jammed with the Strokes once. They came backstage to see us after a gig at Ali Pali. Have you ever jammed with a band where the bass player was shirtless? Have you ever done Take Me Out with a shirtless bass player? I have, once in my life, once and once only. <laughs> <laughs> and that was with the evaporators in the Ukrainian Hall, Vancouver, British Columbia. And the guy was from Canned Ham, which is weird, because he, like, it's Canned Ham toured with Bobby Conn, who produced some of our first record and who I knew quite well, so it all comes full circle. And Canham also opened up for Neil Hamburger. That's a good Nadwa segue. And also, I would like to give you guys a little present for being so indie. Here we have a little gift. This is an original poster, Beat Happening playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. With because you love Beat Happening. I do like Beat Happening. Why do you like Beat Happening? You're wearing a K Records shirt. What's the importance of Beat Happening and K Records? Well, for me, it's, it's kind of... We grew up in Wakefield, as we said, and, like, um, back in the days when I used to want to be in a band, like, in the in the 90s, like, in the mid-90s, whatever, it was difficult to find anyone you wanted to play in a band with or anyone who wanted to play in a band, for that matter. And, like, so we kind of spent time, like, playing in bands. It was a big compromise, you know, like, we, people who wanted to rock out and, like, do all this stupid shit we didn't want to do. And... So when we got this band together, it was really liberating to be able to do that. Like, let's just, try and be like beat happening. Just like no, just like anti-rock. We spent so much time in like with people who wanted to rock. You know, just like they, they were the only kids you could find in Wakefield who wanted to play music. And like, we never really wanted to be in in a, in a rock band. You know, like and beat happening. They were just kind of a good antidote to the old like rock posturing and all that shit that we 
whenever they're interested in such. So. And Beat Happening helped lead the way. Uh, yeah. Men's problems, women's problems. Who cares? This is this is all true. Yeah. yeah it's also not the title of the album, but it was it was a good attempt. You know what I mean? It was men's good. needs, women's needs, whatever. Now speaking of women's needs, Franz Ferdinand and Cribs toured together last year. Catherine Zeta Jones. What's the connection there? What's going on? Did you have some running with Catherine Zeta Jones? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe Alex might know some about it. Sorry. Uh, she comp- Do you know? Oh yeah, she compared Saturday Night Live when we were on it. And how about you guys? Weren't you there? Like, wasn't there some connection between you guys and Catherine Zeta-Jones? Like, when you were on that tour, because it was the Cribs, Death Cab, Friends, you know. I never ran into her, but um, I, I don't remember anything. I had, I had Dustin Hoffman showed up once, but, like, that's uh, not Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. And know. what did Dustin Hoffman do? He, he, he ate catering on his own and he had catering closed off, apparently. Which but is a weird that, thing to do. That, that's like that? me going round to his house and saying he can't come in the kitchen. No, what Dustin Hoffman hey. did was not actually show up. Alex from Franz Ferdinand, the Cribs. I was wondering, one last question for you. Nardwa, 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 Nardwa. This has gone on for long enough. We've got an album to finish here. We need to put down some vocals. We need to do it now. Come on, let's go. <laughs> All right, Cribs, uh, vocals. I'm a realist. Take one. Thanks, guys. Very good. Very good. I don't know. I don't know. It's missing something. It's missing something. I don't know what it is. It's uh, we've got the British sound, but it needs more. You know, it need, hey, you know what it means. We know what we need. We know what we need. We need a bit of British Columbia in those vocals. Now, do I get through there now? That was perfect. And keep on rocking in a free world. And do 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 Behind his back, the sad of being asking. 